0: cold pizza my name is rusty and i'm a pastor here at christ the lord church in dayton ohio this is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of god's word on sunday it's our chance to sit down with the preacher tackle any further questions applications or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal so grab a slice and join us this week with pastor matt hey guys what's up uh this week's uh, sermon was titled uh, untethered desires take two or part two part two and uh it's from matthew chapter four verses one through eleven they're taking that second angle that we talked about this week uh and before we get into it i want to remind you guys if you have questions or, or thoughts that you'd like us to uh, talk about and explore please go ahead and send those in an email we got one this week uh, i want to thank you for sending that we'll get to you later uh, but yeah make sure you send those in and uh we would love to talk about those uh so this week um Really helping clarify specifically what the difference is between a sin, between sin nature, uh, between temptation, all of these things. Uh, And just to run through kind of your outline real quick, uh, you talked about how sins need forgiveness. Temptation needs deliverance, a distinction between the two. Uh, Desires that are untethered lead to sin. That's largely from James 1. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and three kinds of mortification in a garden, and you kind of showed us two different patterns in that. Uh, and then don't give up the fight for faith too quickly. So, it has been said before that, Pastor uh, that,
1: Matt... Real quick, that was not... Uh, that's not point number three. Point number three was, why does this matter? Okay. And then I gave three reasons. Don't give up the fight for faith too quickly was reason number one. Oh. Like, like meaning you won't give up the the fight for faith too quickly... Mm if you have the right view of of um, temptation. when temptation and sin enters. So, yeah.
0: Cool. So it has been said before that Pastor Matt is a legalist.
1: <laughs> it's been said that Matt's a legalist. It
0: has been said in various formats. Um, why is Pastor Matt a legalist?
1: You know, it's funny because, you know, even over the past year with – more recent departures you know um, than those of like two or three years ago uh, that the the fear is that um, you know i we um, are headed in a an legalistic trajectory and what I find so f- like so f- funny like it's just it's so ludicrous and here's why if you if you take the the arc of my teaching, and then subsequently our teaching. And so I'm just, just even just take the, the preaching for the past like two to three years. I've been trying to argue that a lot of things we call sin are not actually sin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like that's been my like the drum that I've been beating. It's been the subtext in in majority of the sermons I've preached. Mm-hmm. Um, has been like by what standard and what's actually sin and stop calling things sin that aren't actually sin. Mm-hmm. Well, by definition what what do legalists do, they they add to God's standard to and the then wall. they make those standards the means by which you get saved. Mm-hmm. And I'm over here going, no no, hang on. We just need to go back to God's standards. Mm-hmm. And we're not saved by those standards, but those are the standards that the righteousness of Christ uh, accomplishes that then is attributed to us mm-hmm. so if you want to be a legalist lowering the state the, the uh, getting rid of rather and clearly defining the standards is not the way you go well you should just start saying well yes indeed i am a legalist <laughs> i'm a poor one <laughs> I'm a but poor one. i'm getting my legs under me i suck at that one right <laughs> um so once again, it just as I was preparing the sermon, that was in the back of my mind. I'm yeah. thinking, well, once again, here I here I am trying to help people <laughs> not feel guilty for things that aren't actually sin. Well, so while being hand, reminded that I've been called a legalist he, more times than I've been called probably anything else. Yeah,
0: you, you were preaching this. I'm thinking of the critique that was leveled at you, of uh, you know, Pastor Matt. He only apologizes for his sins. <laughs>
1: like well
0: you know yep that was insightful what what do you want me to do this is a critique
1: (laughs) thanks for the compliment (laughs) thank you i seriously when that was said to me and it was said multiple times i i genuinely was like thanks for the pat on the back that's how it works (laughs) i'm glad you noticed what if
0: i told you that there were 50 other people like that yeah (laughs) Yeah. All right. So I hope that uh, the past couple of weeks have helped you uh, navigate those legalistic waters. Uh, so let's get into the, to the bread and butter of this. Um, temptation was was the thrust. And if we're just going to, uh, because again, we don't want to be redundant off the sermon. Listen to the sermon again for sure. But let's talk about temptation and just some things that you didn't quite get to say or things that are kind of periphery to it. Uh, the fact that temptation is not sin, right, was what you said yesterday. hmm it is appealing to a desire that n- needs to be tethered to God, right, yeah. to the Word. Yeah. But what is the temptation in its actual, like, tactic? Why, why is it tempting?
1: Um, well, it, was, it you sent me a quote that ultimately I, I really didn't use. I, I I adopted some of it and put it in my notes, and then I ended up taking it back out, I think, Sunday morning. Um, just because it was it was a little too much. Um,
0: I've been told that I'm too much. Sometimes
1: <laughs> that's not why. It, I just already was.
0: Uh, it's okay, Pastor Jeff took out one of my uh, big quotes for the liturgy too.
1: So. <laughs> I was just already, um, I was already neck deep in content for Sunday morning, and it was one of those I could say no to. Um, but that was the temptation, uh, I almost want to say exclusively, it's at least largely, tempts us towards uh, unreality, mm-hmm. something that's not real. Um, at the very least, what you're hoping to get from it's not real. Um, and you're, you're being made promises that uh, um, are being oversold and will be underdelivered. Every time, and so even in the perception of a temptation that this thing is desireful, right? We've talked about that. That uh, it's it's something delightful to the eyes, uh, or to your plans. One of the reasons why those things are so delightful be- is because they're out of perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're they're <laughs> promising they're promising something that they cannot give you. Uh, and when I say that they're out of perspective, I th- I would add to that um, because in comparison to what you are promised and secured through God and his promises and his work, um, it doesn't compare. Mm-hmm. And that could be from as simple as the the, the porn picture to the – if I just – distrust my husband right now you know then i can be king and make sure i get what i want uh to lashing out at a child or you know whatever i mean those are all making promises to you that and and they're gonna under deliver Mm -hmm. and so the temptation is toward unreality which again is always satan's ploy um it was in the garden uh it is well you can't you can't trust God. Mm-hmm. But you can trust yourself. Yeah. Right? So I mean at the core of our sin nature when it, it when when the sin nature is conceived mm-hmm. there in the garden uh, it is conceived based on unreality. Mm-hmm. You can't trust yourself like you can trust God. And you can trust God more than you realize you can trust God. That's yeah. reality. Mm-hmm. So,
0: there's this. I, I wrote down in my notes yesterday in this section. Um, that desires are usually, I mean, especially in a in a believer, are supposed to be patterned after God's own heart, so they should be good desires. And there's that little little note in Genesis three that when she saw the fruit and that it was delightful to the eyes, yeah. right? That delightful aspect is like he's he's targeting something that's good yeah. in and of itself. But to your point, yeah, it, it can't deliver what you what you think it's going to.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying it's not going to deliver anything. Well, the point is, is it's, if it's coming
0: from the deceiver, <laughs> yeah, right. I yes. mean, it, there's going to be a, a, a fall off. So yeah. Because uh, I, I also wrote down in this part it, the idea of what the adulteress in Proverbs does in all of her various boys, right? Yeah. All appealing to a good thing. Come in and get rest. Come in and get satiated. Come in and, you know, experience this thing now, and you can leave in the morning. Your your wife won't know all of these things. Appeal and comfort, but then what does it actually do? It sets off a, a nuclear bomb in your life.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So those things are 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 just you know, we always talked about in mean, that particular aspect that it's false intimacy. It gives you a sense of intimacy, but it's false. It's mealy. It doesn't actually deserve, deliver so i yeah, I think that temptation component of understanding why something is tempting is helpful when it comes to the spiritual warfare component for us yeah. when it comes to discipline when it comes to having uh you know self control and those fruits of the spirit yeah are gonna play out better when you know
1: what's at stake yeah maybe a helpful way to tie why is it tempting uh to um the idea of like unreality um paul talks about in Romans that we exchange worship of the creator for the created. Mm -hmm. Um, So what happens when you exchange trust in the real, you know, uh, R-E-A-L, God who's real and his promises are real and his plans are real and they will be realized because he's sovereign and... uh, in exchange for what is not real that we fantasize about or we think we could have if we throw down those stones and turn them into bread, uh, is us exchanging the Creator for the created. Why is is that exchange so great? Well, I think there's multiple reasons why, but I think because it makes us feel more like God. Mm -hmm. Because the chasm uh, between us and the Creator is much, much greater than us and the created, mm. right? Yeah. So we we feel more in control. We feel more powerful. We feel more gracious. Mm. We feel more successful. Um, and it just bolsters our pride. So I think all of the things that we are tempted to go do are, are certainly rooted in pride because... We think we could actually have what we want if we go that route, but they also bolster our pride on the other side because as we accomplish some measure of that, it fills our pride tank up more and more and more yeah. until ultimately, you know, as the scriptures say, let him chase it out until he finds the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, why? So that we would be emptied of our self pursuit of of self proclaimed godhood. Yeah. Um. So I think that's why fundamentally temptation is so uh is what it is Mm -hmm. um because we're worshiping creation instead of the real creator
0: yeah that's helpful
1: and um anytime our pride can get tickled on both ends Mm -hmm. it's going to be appealing yeah so
0: that makes sense that's good
1: i think that i hope that's helpful
0: yeah so um one more thing before we get to our question um, when it comes to the the fleeing, so earlier you had brought up the aspect of uh, temptation needs deliverance. And this is mostly from Jesus' uh, Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. Um, you, you said uh, that when we sin, a sin, we need Forgiveness, we talk about that separately, but then temptation specifically needs deliverance. We need to to flee from that. So when that temptation, that first initial temptation, comes to you, that's when the battle's on, right? Mm-hmm. And your point was the goal is to turn to righteousness and flee, right? Yeah. And that next thing. So inside of that, um, how how do we how do we practice that specifically? Because so you were kind of playing it out for us so that we could see the categories. When it comes to temptation, what does it look like to then flee?
1: To actually flee. Man, I, I, I or, would take, be delivered, I I would take the, the scripture, you know, when Jesus is saying take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ, okay? All right, so then the question is how, how do I do that? Because that's where temptation is going to be at. I mean, mm-hmm. temptation um, is not just an eye thing. It's not just an emotional thing. It's a, it's a mental thing that interacts with those other pieces it interacts with the emotion it interacts with the senses the the mouth the the ears the eyes you know um and those things come in through um uh, those those places and and but then it it lands in in the head Mm -hmm. the thoughts and that's where the the battle is had it's not had in your emotions it's not had with your eyes it's not had the battles had with your thoughts so take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So then the question is, well, how do I, how do, I do that? Um, and I think, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about this before. Charlotte Mason, I think, is helpful in her language here. And, and I think it's um, thoroughly within the, the realm of, of orthodoxy and Scripture <clears throat> that what we tend to do when a temptation comes in, so it comes in and it lands us in our thoughts. It lands right there in our thoughts what we usually do what most human beings do christians alike is they emote over the thought mm-hmm. and then second in progression their mind goes to work to reason support for the emote mm-hmm. or for the emotion and at that point you're just sunk mm-hmm. um that that we maybe another way we call this you're, you're trying to justify it Yeah, but but yeah, but practically, what's happening is the thought came in, the emotion got attached. When that happened, the emotion took the driver's seat, and then now your thoughts, which uh, is what's interacting with the truth and falsehood. Your spirit, your spirit is interacting with what's true and what's false. It has now become subservient to your emotions, mm-hmm. and everything it's going to consider, it's going to rationalize, it's going to think about, is going to be now filtered through whether or not you want it or not, mm-hmm. and how you emoted, did it make you feel good, did it make you feel bad, did it make you feel anxious, depressed, excited, joyful, loved, hated, like how did it make you feel, and and now your mind, I mean, and that's not it doesn't have to be a good way. It might be I feel hated at this thought of, of doing this, but for some twisted reason, you prefer to be in that category. You f- prefer to feel hated. So then your mind goes to work to to justify um, that you should feel hated. You should feel bad about this. And, and you're, you're tempted to believe those lies. But what should happen is um, the thought... You know, the temptation comes in through one of those portals, if you will. It lands as a thought in your head. And all, I mean, all this happens within second. I mean, milliseconds, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, almost simultaneously, but there's a logical progression. Mm-hmm. Um, you, the, the thought's going to, it comes in through those portals, through those gates. It lands as a thought. And right then in that moment, right there, um, first of all, I have to admit, you, the emotion is going to be right there on the door. Like and it's going to have its hands out and it's going to want to grab a hold of it. Like and 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 just because it has doesn't mean you can't disentangle it. Mm -hmm. But you have to have to first of all look and have I have I uh, attached an emotion to that thought already? And if you have you you've got to work really hard to disentangle that and pull it apart. Mm -hmm. Because what needs to happen first is you need to uh, discern. From the Word of God, and the power of the Spirit, and the other graces like the community of God's people, is it true? Is it good? Is it glorious, right? Is it right? Is this pleasing to God? Is this reality? Or is it just a guess? Mm -hmm. Or is it unreality? Like, what is it? And then once Lord willing, by the word and the power of the Spirit and the resurrection and the other graces like community and so on, you say, yes, it is. This is something I should do. Mm-hmm. Man, then then let then Lord willing, the right emotions attached to it. with joy or hatred. you know it could be either one. It just depends on what, what it is that you're attaching you're letting your emotions now get attached to. Um, and in this situation the the emotions are more the tail on the dog and not not the head, yeah, and let the head be the head. and that's that takes a lot of work and mm-hmm. exercise, just like lifting weights because that is for all of us it's a moment by moment exercise mm-hmm. I mean you you I mean when I first really began working through my my mind, emotions and that temptation and that stuff. I remember I mean doing that hundreds of times a day. Oh yeah. It takes reps. <laughs> yeah. I just had to I had to train myself to think all right, I have this thought, I have this emotion. Boom. Is it true? Disentangle the emotion. Is this right? Is it good? And then walk the step out. Mm-hmm. So so or walk the next steps out. So um I would say that's a good but practical... Pastor Brown,
0: that sounds very emotionless.
1: Yeah. I've, yes. Except it's not.
0: Why? Because no. it's motivated just like Jesus is by love.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. The desire to take captive every thought is motivated by love and affection. And what I'm arguing for is actually getting to enjoy your emotions fully. Mm-hmm. So once again, I, I'm not... I'm not arguing um, against God's standards. I'm just arguing against everyone else's standards. Everyone else's standards is you just let your emotions go. They should rule, and I feel the way I feel, and who are you to tell me that I feel this way? And well, Except, yeah, except God. And a lot of church people aren't
0: susceptible to that specifically, but there's another step that they will defend with their life.
1: <laughs> Which is?
0: Well, i have to feel something when emotions aren't bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. No, they're not. They're not. What's bad is where you put them at in the order.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What's bad is when you can't control them.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, that's what we. That, usually that's mean. what's bad. So, uh, thanks for the. Uh, that, that is the reps you have to do that a hundred times. You've got to, and and if you really want to get nuts and bolts on that, talk to your DNA leader. Talk to us. Maybe you can only practice this and. <laughs> one specific category in your life for now, and then you can grow that out. Who knows? I don't know. Um, that would, But yeah, it takes reps. You're not just going to become an expert in this. This is part of spiritual maturity. So if you wouldn't mind, why don't you uh you take this question we had, or thought, I guess, kind of sent in today.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and read it, and then I've got get a couple thoughts uh, in return. Uh, one thought I had during the sermon that might help with understanding a sin versus sin nature, and the further thought that our sin nature is still sin, is to define the word sin. It's, of course, missing the mark of God's goodness, character, holiness, and righteousness. Thus my sin nature misses the mark of God's goodness, i.e. Adam was declared by God good at creation, uh, meaning morally good. After the fall, he is no longer morally good. His being, nature, misses the mark. It is sinful, and therefore on the side of On this side of eternity, my nature, while redeemed, still misses the mark. This was the elements of the, this has elements, rather, of the already not yet principle. Um, I also mention this because even um, at various institutions and such, it's really easy, even in Christian organizations, I'm paraphrasing here, by the way, uh, that, that, that they tend to have a Form of neutrality when it comes to the human nature. The Pelagianism. Um, no, oh yeah, it's just it's Pelagianism that we're generally good people and we just need a little hand from God, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so on. So I have a couple a couple thoughts. Um, I mean, you heard one of those on the Pelagianism um, side. It's not what the Bible teaches. Uh, I do think that is very pervasive. I I would be willing to bet most. Supposed Christian churches are functional, semi-plagiarist, semi-plagiarist. Yep, yeah. are are functionally that.
0: Yeah, I've told you guys before. We went to the state children's camp a couple of years ago, several years ago now, I guess. But yeah, the the picture was of uh, teeth, and when you had perfectly clean teeth, but sin stained your teeth. So what do you need to do? You need to brush the sin off and get back to your good teeth.
1: Yeah, I remember you wrote a nice review.
0: I wrote a long two page review. Them. And we've not come back. I've also not heard anything.
1: Nah, of course you didn't.
0: That wasn't the only
1: bad one, though. <laughs> I have one for every night. <laughs> um. So here, here was one of my thoughts. Um. I don't know that this. uh So, so I agree a hundred percent. My my sin nature misses the mark of God's goodness, i.e. So on and so forth. I don't and maybe I'm missing something here, but I don't see where that helps with the distinction between sin nature and a sin because I think you would apply that same definition to both. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I commit a sin, it's a sin because it misses the mark of God's goodness, character, holiness, righteousness, His plan, and so on and so forth. My sin nature also misses the mark, and so that's certainly true there as well. It is not wholly good. It is not wholly, holy, holy, W H O, and H O L. Right. Um, it's not wholly holy. Uh, it's not wholly righteous any longer. So my sin nature itself is tainted. Um, I, yeah, I think.
0: I think his effort here was actually. Less about defining the word sin, even though that's what he says, and more about defining the word nature because he is um goodness, the good morally aspect that you talked about with nature. Yeah. Not yeah. the sin aspect.
1: I think maybe the better way to distinguish between the two would be more like status versus action. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So
0: one is... That's why we use the... Um, uh, the federal language. Yeah. What, what's the, there's a specific word for that.
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Keep going. I'll find it.
1: <laughs> All right. Status. So, and I, and I think that's particularly helpful because what, what happens in redemption is now our status changes from morally bankrupt to eternally justified. hmm um to morally justify, just as if I'd never sinned, my status changes. Um, though that though the the status of the dead man resides with me. Um, and when I commit a sin, uh, there is an actual acting upon the old man so mm-hmm. it is the old man has uh in a sense um manifested mm. right uh it's manifested in some form or another it could manifest in a thought it could manifest uh like like in plans or like i'm going to do this next step it manifests in um uh a physical action or words or um so on, so I would say maybe a better distinction would be status versus that now that's where when he hints at this has elements of the already not yet, the status idea um contains i think it 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 deals with that element of already not yet because our soul is no longer captive to the status of the sin nature right it's no longer a slave to the sin nature but now our status is one of slave to righteousness um, though we have the freedom to place ourselves back underneath temporary enslavement to the status of the sin nature Mm -hmm. and that's where that's when so once we've um, in temptation we've taken the next step. What we did in that moment was say, I would rather be a slave in Egypt. I would rather embrace the old status that has been taken from me in exchange for the new status that I have in Christ. Now, by God's grace, you and I cannot permanently do that like we cannot functionally change our status we can pretend again back to the unreality we can pretend like we're still a slave to the dead man but we're not a slave to the dead man and you and I thank God have no ability to change that status mm-hmm. so because yeah.
0: that one of the com- important theological components of this is that status is directly tied to your justification which is mm-hmm. all about your legal standing yeah before the Lord it's a legal declaration, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's helpful.
1: Yeah, Can't hopefully, hopefully that. Before, you know, I, I really, I really appreciate the question and and um, you know, defining what a sin is, and then trying to okay, how do I help people distinguish between a sin and uh, sin nature? Mm-hmm. Again, sin nature, I think, is more about the status, and a sin is acting upon the status of the old man it's the man manifesting of that yeah because
0: i use that kind of language from um look and live the idea of the constantly shooting an arrow at the target is worship your life worship and every time you miss the mark is a sin right yeah. but the fact that you can't even you're facing the wrong way is your sin nature
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah you're
0: not even you're not even hitting paper right yep so yeah you need to be uh, completely reoriented yeah well uh don't let that dissuade you from sending in questions Um, (laughs) (laughs) we appreciate this Uh, this is this is helpful because this is the same kind of conversations that they'll be having over the next couple nights yeah so yeah um yeah i absolutely appreciate that so yeah well looking forward to this week we're gonna start jumping in to i guess the in-between land i have for sunday between this and uh sermon on the mount beginning so yeah woohoo uh if you guys wouldn't mind pray for us this week as we go to our elders retreat starting on wednesday Uh, check in with our wives if you don't mind Uh, take care of them as we know you will and want to encourage you guys as always to go know love and obey jesus as lord overall we'll see you next week